Welcome to the Coming Home Well podcast, the show that educates, supports, and advocates for the veteran community. Your host, Dr. Tyler Piron, U.S. Army retired, will bring you exciting conversations with amazing guests about resources, research, and military history, all geared to helping our warriors to come home well. Here's your host, Dr. Tyler Piron. Welcome back to Coming Home Well. I'm your host, Tyler Piron. And today we're going to talk about something cold. Out in Colorado is the Vail Veterans Program, and they do a lot of neat stuff. You've probably seen different organizations that do parts and pieces of what they do. We have Jen Brown, and she is going to talk to us about the Vail Veterans Program. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thanks for having me. So what in the world is the Vail Veterans Program? Vail Veterans Program is an organization that started in 2004, and really it started by Cheryl Jensen, our founder. And at the time, her husband was the chief operating officer at Vail Mountain, and she was involved in a number of different programs in the industry. And she got together with retired Army Captain David Roselle and talked about the opportunity to bring wounded combat military vets to Vail for a ski experience. And it started as a very small idea and has since grown now 18 years later to, and evolved into a variety of different programs. 2004. So it's been around a good long time because that is really important to me. As a wounded veteran, I see so many organizations that sort of pop up out of nowhere and then they're gone in 18 months. And so you think, oh, I had so much fun with filling group or this group was so great. And so it's been around since 2004. What exactly do y'all do? We bring wounded military vets and their family members to Vail for really a week of therapy, healing, and time to connect with one another. And we partner with Vail Mountain and utilize their certified ski and snowboard adaptive instructors and really let our vets and their families go out and have this experience on the hill. And it provides them with the opportunity to know that they can continue to do something that they love or they can try a new sport, but it really gives them a sense of hope. And it's that time together and that healing that comes about for that family. So it's a whole family thing. It's not just the veteran. That is really cool. It is. And we have a variety of different programs and a couple of them are for couples. It might be a wounded vet and spouse or family member, but two of our programs really focus on families and bringing everybody here together. So you have more than just the week or the week in the winter. There's a bunch of other stuff you guys do, which I was so impressed with like, oh, here's our program. And it like kept scrolling. There's so many things going on. So what are some of the other things? We'll get back to the winter week of skiing and adaptive skiing, because that is just a whole love of mine. But you guys have a number of other programs as well throughout the year. We do. One of the great things about being in Vail is we're obviously surrounded by mountains. And as the programs evolved over the years, Cheryl came up with a number of different ideas to bring families out here for summer. We have whitewater rafting, rock climbing, zip lining, horseback riding, fly fishing. And as the years went by, the opportunities 
expanded upon the programming and it allows our vets to come out and see Vail Mountain in this community in a different arena. We also have a golf program and that's for uh, wounded military vets who have some golfing experience. As we know, uh, golf can be a great uh, form of therapy, uh, both for mind and body. And uh, that's another great arena. We host that program every August. We also have some virtual programs. As a result of the pandemic, like so many, uh, we brought everything online and provided different learning opportunities, different educational programs, and it brought our vets together to still bond and continue with that healing process. We also have a fitness challenge that we launched earlier this winter. We had a group of caregivers and a group of women who were involved in this fitness challenge. And we are about to launch another fitness challenge later this summer with our vets. That sounds like so much fun. I love golf. I like to go play. I go in tournaments and I'm always trying to get my wife to go play because she is so good at everything she does. So how in the world do you do all this? I mean, obviously getting people out and a week out in Vail in the winter and all these other events, how does that happen? The Roots of Vail Veterans Program are due to this community of Vail and the support that we receive here. Truly in its infancy, when the program started, it's all about community here. And we have such a, a great community that wanted to come out and show their support for our wounded vets. And over time, that support has just continued and it's grown and evolved. And that is really the mainstay of why we can do all of these great things. Our partners are Vail Mountain, the ski company with Vail Resorts. They're primarily our, our key partners in the wintertime. We have local support by our town. We have a lot of individual donors who provide support. We have some foundations that we work with. We partner also with Wounded Warrior Project. Everybody believes in what we do in our mission and providing these therapeutic and healing experiences for our vets. And I think one of the great things about being in Vail is that it is such a giving community. And when we bring our vets and our families here, they become family. And it's not just a once in a lifetime visit or a one-time visit. They truly are family and they feel that connection to the Vail Valley and they can always come back they're a part of our program for life. That is awesome. So how does a veteran get involved with the Vail Veterans Program? We partner primarily with three military hospitals, and they are Walter Reed Army Medical Center in Bethesda. We have Brook Army Medical Center in San Antonio, the Center for the Intrepid, and then the Naval Medical Center in San Diego. And working with our partners, they help us identify the patients that can benefit from the experiences that we offer here. So we really look to them to help us find the right individuals that they feel it's the right time in their lives for them to come here and have this experience. And additionally, we really care for our, our alumni as well. It's important for us to continue following that healing journey and bring alumni back. But I would say primarily it's, it's beginning with these three partner hospitals. Yes, I spent some time at the old Walter Reed before they moved and merged with Bethesda. And my oldest was born at Bethesda back when there were two different hospitals. And so it's always interesting to see the merging and, and the, oh, that's Walter Reed. No, Walter Reed's in D.C. That's Bethesda. Uh, two different places. Now they're the same. So, yeah, getting folks that are just at that recovery stage, usually I would guess most of them are still in at the time. 
Yes, most of the patients that we see have recovered to a point in time in which they can partake in these outdoor activities, but they are patients, generally speaking, and they are receiving treatment, but in a place where they can travel. Yeah, that's the that little bridge in between before you, you're out of the service. And it happens very quickly, as I, as I recall from when I was medically retired, you're going through a couple of years and then all of a sudden, okay, you're good enough to go. And, and it's, it's kind of a shocking adjustment. And so having these types of events, which didn't exist, or they were just starting, I guess, back when I was retired in 2006, you know, these were all kind of new and the processes and the groups were just sort of like, hey, there's a need here. I guess you guys were a couple of years old at the time, but certainly grown since then. And you guys have expanded. So you have a lot that you have the summer, you have the winter programs, but you also mentioned something about caregivers. And I think that's real important. Yes, we have two caregiver programs and obviously living with and supporting a wounded military vet, the caregivers also have to handle an awful lot. And through time, we identified that this was certainly a need that we could meet and we bring caregivers out for a couple of days to just be together, support one another in an environment where it's all about togetherness. They have similar experiences, they can bond together. And we also bring in outside facilitation to help them with different aspects of life. It could be financial planning, it could be wellness, it could be medi- or meditation, a variety of different needs that may come about that we just help them come together in a place where they can heal and have their own time. It is definitely a massive change for the family members. All of a sudden, roles have changed or the the routine of the military life has been upended. And you've got a wounded veteran all of a sudden, oh, man, I I have to not do the things I was doing and take care of them or we're no longer in the military or about to not be and all sorts of chaos in their lives. So what kind of family support programs? I know you guys have some. You talked about the military caregiver program. But it goes beyond that, doesn't it? It does. We have a great partnership with a local ranch. It's Black Mountain Ranch, uh, Dude Ranch in McCoy, Colorado, just to the north of us. And this coming week, we have two families that are coming to experience everything ranch life. We bring them out and they go directly to the ranch and they get to be wranglers. They ride horses. They have s'mores around the fire pit at night. They tell stories, but it's really time for these families to come together and be in an environment unlike what they know at home. And they're intended to be smaller. So we have two families coming out in the next week, but it's about three families a summer that partake in this program. That's a pretty neat program. Now, I would imagine that as time has gone on, we've pulled out of Iraq, we're out of Afghanistan, mostly out of Syria. Finding folks to participate is hopefully becoming a little more of a challenge. It's been interesting. Our founder will tell you that back in 2004, she would not have known today that this program would be going so strong. She initially planned to host one or two programs. And as the need continued, she really dove in and provided more programs. I think what we're seeing today is there's still a need. And we are still seeing injured military who need a place to experience the healing and the therapy that they can get by coming here. Yes, maybe we have evolved from some of the previous interactions that we've had around the globe, but we still are are seeing and, and receiving the outreach 
of people who are asking about our programs. I know it's going to be a long time. These wounds don't necessarily heal right away. Many of them are permanent. Many of them, you know, you don't grow limbs back, things like that. And so there's going to be an enduring need. So I've never been to Vail. Can you describe it? Like what it's like? I mean, you're talking about this mountain and and I've been to Colorado, been to Denver, but I've never been to Vail. And they have, you guys have mountains here in Virginia. We have little hills that we call the mountain on our little ski slopes. And, you know, we have great programs nearby. Uh, Wintergreen Adaptive Sports does a similar small scale weekend for veterans that are wounded and they do all sorts of cool stuff. But it's a little mountain, okay? You know, probably a hill out where you guys are. So if you could like visualize a picture of what you're talking about. Vail, the town, sits at 8,100 feet above sea level. And if you can imagine standing- I'm out of breath already. <laughs> I know, I know. It sounds daunting, but truly it takes a few days to acclimate. And really, this community is a village. We, if you stand at the base of the mountain, you are in a couple of different villages. It is so vast. Vale Mountain is more than 5,000 acres, and it feels like numerous mountains. But the experience of moving from the base all the way up on top of the mountain is it gives you this sense of freedom. You have this vista, a 360 degree view in any direction. And in the wintertime, you see snow fields, you can see above tree line, it's just covered in snow. And that bright blue Colorado sky is an incredible contrast. So the beauty, that sense of peace, and I think that sense of freedom of being up on the mountain really gives it a sense of place. We also have more than 300 days of sunshine per year. So typically it's spectacular when we bring our vets here. And I imagine your winter is much longer than ours in, here in central Virginia, which is about two and a half months of actual snow up on the mountain. I imagine yours is a little bit longer. It is. They typically open the mountain in November and this year they closed in early May. I made some of some of my last turns were in early May this year. So we have a very long season and the two programs that we host in the winter are January and March, typically fantastic snow conditions and a great time to be here. Yeah, I think we're shutting down by late January. So yes, that's a, that's a bit different. And so what kind of experience does a veteran need to have to come out and participate regarding with skiing? Any any background or anything? Our veterans don't need any experience in snow sports. We just ask them to be here, have an open mind. And that's why we have a great partnership with our adaptive instructors. And they show our vets how to learn the technique and they develop this trust. It's really incredible to watch the experience between a vet and their instructor because they have to learn to trust one another. And it enables them the ability to learn this new skill set. And that's, that's the objective of the program. Get them out to try a new sport. And by the time they leave here, the great thing is if they're traveling with their family, they get to ski or snowboard with their kids or with their spouse. And maybe they've done it prior to injury and they're returning, or maybe it's something brand new that the family can do together. That's pretty awesome. So you guys are able to take folks with missing limbs and all those, you would think, permanent, nope, can't do this anymore type of injuries? Yes, that's the great part about this partnership with the Vail Adaptive Ski and Snowboard School is 
they know they have all the equipment necessary to teach a variety of different injuries. It could be a Sitski. They have somebody with outriggers. It really depends upon the nature of the inj- injury. The other great thing is through the partnership with our hospitals, there's conversation and dialogue around each patient's needs. For example, there may be injuries that aren't visible and it's just an awareness so that the instructors can understand what the need is and they determine how to facilitate that learning. I bet that's just quite amazing to watch that evolution of, nope, can't do it. I'll give it a try. And then sort of just going off and doing it and and having fun at it. What's amazing to me is you look into somebody's eyes and from day one to the last day, you can see day one, there's a little bit of maybe not fear, but just a little bit of not being sure. And then by the the last day, it's just pure joy and laughter and they're having fun. And it's just this transformation that occurs over four days. It, It touches your soul and it just brings such joy to everybody that's a part of it. I just feel exhausted talking about four days of skiing one day and I'm like wiped out, you know, and so I can't imagine four days of going nonstop. I know that most people do that when they go on trips and things that just sounds like absolutely like, oh my gosh, like my legs would be jello and I'm not the best skier. So obviously I'm probably using all the wrong muscles and everything else. How exhausted are people at the end of this? I mean, it's probably a good exhaustion. They're pretty tired by the end of it because in addition to the ski days, we bring everybody together for dinners in the evening. So we have a bowling night typically. So there's a little bit of that fun in afterwards. And we also have a tubing night in the winter. There's a tubing hill on the mountain. So the day extends into evening and and definitely by the end of the trip, they're exhausted, they're happy, and they're ready to go home and recuperate. So where do these families stay? Is it like at a hotel or with a sponsor family? How does that work? Vail Veterans Program provides all programming to vets and their families at no cost. And we partner with our local community lodges, restaurants, and really all of the businesses that are located in Vail. So we bring them here and we put them up in a variety of different lodging properties around town. And it's through this great partnership over these 18 years that makes us successful doing so. It just sounds like such a wonderful program. You guys have talked a little bit about how COVID has impacted and, and moving things online and making sure that you're still reaching out. And one of the neat things that I saw was the resiliency program. I'm a big fan about developing resiliency, but you have a number of other programs. So let's talk about that one and the other online type of programs that are accessible to a broader audience. Sure. I think, you know, the pandemic for all of us allowed us, uh, I'll say, the opportunity to be creative. And what Vail Veterans Program did is instead of just halting everything, they very quickly moved as much as they could online to maintain connection and still provide these opportunities. And a couple of different programs had started and they just wanted to continue this healing process. So resiliency training and programs did continue. And they, we also had our mission continues a grant program where we just provided support in different ways, especially in the early months of the pandemic. And on the virtual program side, they hosted 
more than 900 bets throughout that time period and providing different experiences. I think in the future, we'll continue that. Our primary focus though right now is to continue with in-person programming as much as we can. And towards the latter part of 2022, begin to add back more of the virtual programming. I love the mix. I mean, I love the fact that you guys are, are so dedicated to supporting veterans like well, we're not just going to close up of the doors and just like, okay, you guys are on your own. We're going to reach out and, hey, here's some really cool things that we can offer. And I saw a number of really interesting things, the dietitian, financial planning, and then you had mentioned the fitness challenge that's coming online for veterans here soon. That's always uh, neat to get back into shape. That is often, it's almost an archetype of people who get out of the military. You're not exercising as much. You're not doing the same things. How is that working? It's been really well received. I think one of the great things about our program is we're small enough where we can provide different experiences. And if we have a great new idea or if somebody comes to us and says, here's a need that we see for wounded vets that's not being met elsewhere, if we begin to see a trend or an opportunity, we have that ability to implement something new and different. I think one of the other things that's great about the organization is we say yes to as much as we possibly can. So we can do things differently maybe than some other organizations, and that's what makes it special. And as we continue into the future here, one of the things that we're taking a look at is, is there a new or different need or has the pandemic created a need that's not being met? Or how does our programming need to evolve to meet maybe changing needs that are occurring for our vets? So one of the things I'd be curious about, is there a large veteran community in Vail or in the surrounding area? I know that there's a lot of little bases around in Colorado, but I don't, I wouldn't imagine there'd be this huge veteran population, but I don't know. Well, one of the interesting notes is that the 10th Mountain Division was rooted here in this community just south of Vail, and Vail Mountain's founders are from the 10th Mountain Division. We also have a local VFW, and there are military vets in our community that come together and participate in a variety of different programs in the community on the wounded military vet side. Yes, we do have some. I would say we more so work with the partners in the hospital through the relationship in the inception of the program. It is always just interesting how different communities have different veterans groups and they all come together. And it's always amazing to see all these different age groups and different eras coming together. And you wouldn't imagine it, but all of a sudden they're all service members again and talking and reminiscing and exchanging different experiences. So I'm sure that's part of that magic that occurs. It might even just be happenstance as folks are on the mountain doing something else and just start talking. We've been talking with Jen Brown with the Vail Veterans Program. The website's super easy, veilveteransprogram.org. So Jen, we've talked about a lot of things, but I'm sure I've missed something. Is there something I should have asked about but haven't? I think one of the important notes that I touched on a little bit is This program has such tremendous support from the community and from our founder. And if somebody reaches out to us and they say, I need this, I want this, or this occurred, more often than not, we figure out a way to make things happen. And it's really special. And the rewarding part for 
the organization is that we are truly serving a need and helping somebody that in that moment really needs something. And so I think the takeaway is it's not necessarily carte blanche, but if it's tied to our mission and it's something that we can do to help support a vet, more often than not, the answer is yes, let's do this without hesitation. I love that answer. I love that approach. If you're listening and you are absolutely, I'm always amazed at this type of organization. I'm especially impressed with the Vail Veterans Program. They have something really cool on their website. If you go to vailveteransprogram.org and they have veteran resources, you click on it. They have all these guides and links to all these other organizations uh, as you know, coming home well, we we always try to link up the good organizations and let you know about them or the family members. That way, when somebody's having a challenge or is in need of support, they know where to go. Because when you're in crisis or you have a problem, it's often the worst time to try to figure out who does what and getting that background. They actually have a really cool list of, of different resources, caregivers, financial resources, all sorts of things. So go check out their website, Vail Veterans Program. Org. It's super easy to find. And we'll have it up on the Facebook page and Twitter and all the social media stuff. So you don't have to write it down while you're driving. So Jen, thank you so much for coming on the program and sharing about your program. I, I love the energy. I love the, uh, the entire concept of getting people up on the mountain, the winter programs, the summer programs, the golf. I saw some mountain biking. I, I, you guys seem to do a lot of different stuff to help the veterans that have been wounded. Is it just combat wounded or is it all wounded veterans or what is that criteria that I know you're working with the hospitals, but is there some criteria that you work with? That's a great question. It, it started out as primarily combat wounded vets and through the evolution of a service members time, it's primarily injured vets. We also know that wounds are sometimes invisible. So we've evolved to working with PTSD and a number of different arenas and also mental health. And while we may not be the experts in these areas, we do partner with people who can help. And that's why you see the variety in the different programming. Those connections are often the most important. Nobody can do it all. I love the fact that you had the crisis line right at top. We always talk about that. Folks, get help, make the phone calls. And when you want to learn about different organizations, reach out to the Vail Veterans Program. They do a lot of great and wonderful things. Jen, thank you so much for coming on Coming Home Well. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate everything you and the entire Vail Veterans Program do for our veterans. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you and we appreciate being able to tell our story. So thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Coming Home Well with Dr. Tyler Pieron. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. Follow us on Instagram at comminghomewell underscore BTS or on Twitter at comminghomewell. Thanks again. And until all are home and all are well, this is Coming Home Well.